This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. And uh, Bubba, today uh, we are going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite places in the whole world, South Africa. Uh, and uh, we're going we're gonna to meet, uh, for you, some new friends uh, that Andrew... Uh, and and Melanie and Melanie, you are here. And Melanie's trying to teach us how to say the last name. I know the southern. Is, is it Mohatla? Mohatla. 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 <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Mohatla. There you go. Yeah. So and uh, so we wanted to, to. We got an opportunity because you guys are, are here in the states right now, and this is that time of year across our country that a lot of churches um, take time, rightfully so to refresh those that are serving all over the world. So, Melanie, obviously, you come right out of our home city of yeah. Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, I'm uh, originally from Atlanta. So, so you, Atlanta, to, did you come to Birmingham to work at the church in Birmingham? Samford. Samford uh, right. University. From Hotlanta. Yeah, that's, that's right. Mahatla uh, from Hotlanta. <laughs> amen, Hot-lanta. amen. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I was a, um, a Samford student, studied graphic design and fine art, um, which is key to our our history together, mm-hmm. um, my husband and I, which we'll tell you later. But yeah, um, loved my experience and uh, interned at Shades Mountain Baptist Church. Yep. Um, and six months before I graduated, someone called me and said, don't you want to come on staff at Shades? And I thought, I'm about to give up my entire Sanford degree mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to be in ministry. Got uh, really upset about that with the Lord. and um, But yeah, started following the next right step and that's where it led me. Can, can I ask you about that? And Bubba, yeah. people have even asked us about this before, and I've heard you talk about it from a, a, a peace standpoint. But when you said you knew the Lord was calling you to something that wasn't even really your plan, yeah. Try to, I know it's hard to explain. Can yeah. you can you as best you can yeah. explain what you mean by I knew that the Lord was what, what what was that like spiritually to know that you were being called to it? Yeah, um, interning in the youth ministry, I just found such passion and. Um, Peace, like you said, but it was like it hit a, a niche that I had never, never found that peace before. Yeah. Um, and so when I practiced youth ministry, when I was with the students, when I was um, studying to teach, it just felt right. It felt like this was the next step. Um, I had dreams of being a graphic designer in New York. I had sent my resumes out. Um, and then when this opportunity came, I, it's just like you go, okay, all right, I'll trust you. Um, and we'll figure it out. And, you know, I don't think a decision that you make with your career or your lifestyle is a forever. And so if you look at it as, yeah, I'm going to trust the Lord in this season, this this step, and let's see, see what goes. happens next. Yeah, yeah, see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. So so you, you, you serve there, and then – you think that's a big decision? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. to from decide to Stanford to, to Shades Mountain, <laughs> from which is what maybe two miles. Yeah. Exactly yeah. Two up miles. A, up a hill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and then you know you you uh, fell in love uh, with South Africa, but but yeah. what was the process of 
of God calling you to South Africa long-term, not just short-term. Yeah. So part of my job at Shades Mountain with the youth was to lead international mission trips for the youth. Um, so I had been all around the world and even hard, really hard places, secure places. Um, and we took a site visit to South Africa to see if it was a place that our church wanted to invest more in. Um, and when I went, something was different. And I can't even tell you what it was. Yeah. But when I came back, um, the way I spent my money was different. The way I prayed was different. The way I saw the world was different. And like I said, it wasn't the poverty. It wasn't the the specific area. Oh, my gosh. Cape Town is so beautiful, right, Rick? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> oh, man. it is, it is the most nice. beautiful place mm-hmm. in the world. Nothing, nothing. You can't say South Africa looks like this no it, mm-hmm. it has no equal it, right it has its own look and there's certain things god did there you only see there totally yeah. but i'll never forget side note when sherry was there with me um we were standing in a township and i remember sherry looking at the shacks and then literally we turned 180 and you're looking at the most beautiful mountain that you've ever seen um and she said melanie i can't i can't think that this is an accident that right. in such poverty and such hardship that all you have to do is look to something that God created. Um, look at that mountain and know that he is God. Yeah, I think the statement for me that, that, that when I was there that just blew my mind was that the beach was not, in, by our standards, far away at all. Maybe two miles. And we're talking yeah. to children that said they'd never seen it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. That live in South Africa. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, so you've, you've never been to the beach? Right. You've never seen that part of your country? Right. And for them, I might as well be saying that uh, I desire to see something that was on the other side of the country. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, But, yeah, yeah that, 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 the contrast there was, was mind-blowing. Yep. Yeah. So when did you know hmm. that, that, that God says, you know, this is where you're going to start your, your new life and, yeah. and new ministry for me? So it was quite a journey. Um, I don't want people to think that, you know, you just wake up one day and say, I'm packing a bag. Um, But when I came back, I met with some deacons at church and said, this is really what I'm feeling. You know, I'm feeling a pull. I'm feeling a call. Um, I had set through multiple conferences, mission conferences, and asked myself, is this for me? You know, um, I think sometimes when we sit in a missions conference, we sit in a, a sermon, we get all rah-rah about, yes, those people that are going, we are going to support them, whatever. Um, But there was one time that something just clicked and I felt God was saying, actually, I'm trying to speak to you. Mm. Like, this this isn't for others. This is for you. And um, I think that prayer and that realization to say, okay, Lord, what do you want to say? And my openness to that. So when I came back, um, like I said, I, I walked with some deacon couples. I remember sitting at dining room tables and discussing, okay, what practically would this look like? Mm-hmm. What does this look like? Uh, what would you be giving up? What, what do you need to do? And it was probably a two-year process. Um, then you start fundraising. <laughs> you mm. start um, seeing on the field, you know, where are you going to live? Who are you going to work with? And you, don't, you don't just go. Um, you've got to have a purpose. So, yeah, I had some great people on the field that were leading and guiding me. And um Packed my bag, sold my house, sold my car. How, what did that feel like? Oh my gosh, I'll never forget. You know the, the famous you've heard, "Burn the boats." You know, we're, we're, you yeah. know, we're we hearing that a lot lately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but which means I'm committed. I mean, right. this, I'm not just wondering anymore. I'm not right. soul searching. I'm not. 
I'm not I'm the details I don't know yet, but where I'm going I already know. Right. But then you see those things you go and that's it. That Yep. I just so there goes yep. my car. Yep. You know what was so funny is because when people find out um people are will say to you, "Oh, well then can I buy your car?" "Oh, well that couch would and I just felt like people were after my stuff." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was freeing to go, "Okay, well the Lord will provide somewhere for these yeah. people to go and I can use that for fundraising." But I'll never forget someone offered their home to do a um a good old-fashioned southern yard sale and I put literally everything I own. You know how you collect coffee mugs? I had like 1500 coffee oh, mugs know. there you know how yeah, it just yeah. stacks up we just went through a move we got you <laughs> oh my gosh and so just watching those things go one by one i remember crying at the yard sale just going this is bigger mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't so, this isn't an accident so it didn't feel freeing at not, the not, end not, yes not at, not at the beginning not at the end because i mean yeah. we're in america like right. we we collect our things understood um we we like the comfort and the security of our things our um, stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And we got a lot of it, as you found out. Yep. Uh, so, yep. So we we all know this when you when you make a move like that. I'm just assuming. Yeah. Uh, and I love short term mission trips, and I I'm yeah. I'm not in the school of people who tried to to speak against them as if rolling their eyes. I think short term mission trips, well, are, are are important. They do matter. They yeah. they do work. Uh, and uh, you always hear, well, it'll 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 be it'll impact you more than the people you impacted. Well, that may be, right. but that's still a good thing, of course. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and we don't want to have the you know we want to find out how we can help uh, sure. long term, even if you can only go short time. Exactly. I got I got all that. Yep. But I don't think I can know what it's like to live in South Africa until I live in South Africa. Yeah. I mean, you know, as far as it. it Every time you'd been there before, you knew what time your flight was, what day your flight <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. and when you would go back. And right. now there is no return flight. Right. Uh, this this is this is where God's got you living yeah. full time for whatever time He decides. Yes. Uh, maybe for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, was there was there a moment when that felt different than any short term trip you'd ever been on or hosted? Yeah, definitely. Um, <sighs> I mean, I'll talk about my family. Some yeah, of I, my I was family. Ask you, yeah. How did your yeah. How did your yeah. family and close right. friends take this yeah. revelation? Yeah. So um, my mom passed away when I was young, but she is the one that led me um, to the Lord, and so her faith and watching her go through some really mm. hard things stuck with me. Um, but my dad was like, "I'll I'll support you. This is great." Um, he yeah was just really strong in that and never really questioned. Um, and I think. You know, it was a generation where he didn't get to travel the world. So if I had the opportunity, he was like, yeah, go for it. Um, but now my grandparents, on the other hand, that older generation thought I was going to Mars. You know, right, they yeah. cannot even imagine <laughs> moving a life across the world. Right. Um, and it was very difficult. Uh, and later in our story, we've got some some family divides as well. But, mm. um, yeah, it was difficult, really difficult. And I remember the scripture um, I can't remember the reference right now, but that um, those that leave their father and mother yeah. um, will get will get their reward um, in full. And I remember also the scripture of let the dead bury the dead yeah. and come and follow me. Um, and that just really spoke to me that that was one of my excuses that I needed to stay behind. I'm an only child. My mom was an only child. Right. I need to take care of this family. Um, but someone just really challenged me. God will take care of them. Um, you just need to do what what you've got to do. So I, yeah, it was hard, but it was also I knew the direction I was supposed to go. 
Well, you and I talked about it, and then we'll come back and unpack it. And and I was I was talking about even sometimes the small moves in life, but even the big ones. There are certainly times that we are are not in God's will, and it's something that we want to do, and what we're doing is the wrong thing to do. To go is wrong. Sure. But then there's the other end, and I think the one that sometimes we ignore. Sometimes it you are in sin when you don't go. Right. Uh, Omission. Yeah, yeah. Right. That, you know when. <laughs> yeah. So and uh, and you know Sherry and I, you know nothing near as dramatic, but you know we we changed churches in our and we didn't move right, from right. a new city of the church we've been at for twenty years and raised our kids in. Mm. But I, you know, and, and we certainly couldn't be accused of being church hoppers. Right. But 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 <laughs> but uh, and I and Sherry and I said I said I think we're to the point now where we are we are wrong right. to stay. As at one time, it would have been wrong to go. Right. I you think know? Um, the, the older I get, the um, more I'm convicted of the sin of familiarity. Yeah. And being content when you really should challenge yourself. Mm. Um, so I think that's where. Yeah. And you probably found out on, on a very large scale, sometimes, and I'm admitting this, on the small thing I'm talking about, here everything pretty much gets done and I can participate if I want to. Right. But even in this move we've had, now it's like, thank y'all for being here. We got a lot for y'all to do. Right. You know? Right. And, and, yes. and, and what you're Everybody's do- got a role. Yeah. Where you're going now, you will not blend in and just right. kind of be part of what's going on. So yep. we'll talk about that when we come back, when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. All right. So let's let's talk a, a little bit, Bubba, about uh, one of our favorite topics. And, of course, that um, uh, that is food. Um, and now, I don't know if you are familiar with, with Moink. Uh, M-O-I-N-K. Uh, but I will tell you this. Uh, Moink delivers grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pasteurized pork and chicken, sustainable, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and they bring it straight to your door. I'm getting hungry. Did you know that 60% of our pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese? Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. So uh, their their hogs are, you know, given who knows what, uh, which has even been banned from 160 countries, including China, yet you'll find it on the grocery aisle here. That, that kind of goes back to what we just went through with the pandemic a little bit. You know, if somebody moves something and bans it, we probably don't want to take it. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, we but, need to be a little but, more mindful of yeah, that maybe. But, but then you say, well, then what are my choices? Well, here's one. Uh, why don't you go to Moink, M-O-I-N-K box.com, uh, and then you put in slash Rick Bubba. So if, if you do that right now, uh, we're going to get you free filet mignon for a year. One of the best filet mignon you've ever tasted. And we'll give you this filet mignon for one year that you never have to buy another one. So uh, go make that move right now. Go to Moink, M-O-I-N-K, box.com slash Rick Bubba and take advantage of that deal and make the move now. Did you remember when they were on Shark Tank? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and, and, I mean, as soon as they got on Shark Tank and they tried the pork, they said, this is the best bacon that I've ever eaten in my life, and it'll be that way for you too. So make the move now. Moink, M-O-I-N-K, box.com slash Rick Bubba, free filet mignon for one year. Back on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, and and today we are we are spending some time uh, for me with some old friends. Bubba's meeting them for the first time. Uh, I've known Melanie for um, uh, a number of years. I'm, I've just met Andrew, your husband, in person for the first time, uh, and we're talking about um, uh, Melanie uh, answering the call to go to South Africa uh, to live there and to work for uh, the kingdom of God full time. So you're there. And and so when you got the opportunity uh, to start working 
I guess because of our time, we, we need to get Andrew in here real yeah. quick. Yeah. So, so t- so You're going to want to hear that South African y- accent, y- too. Y- yeah, I do. <laughs> I, 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 I always enjoy it. So so how did you two meet? What How did this take place? Yeah. You want me to start? You can start. I think okay. the ladies are telling the stories better when it comes to this a kind of love thing. <laughs> the love thing. Yeah. So um, I, one of my roles in the township that I worked in um, was to teach art. So how about my graphic design degree? There you go. Making a... 360. There you go. Um, and so a teacher that was working with me ended up going to the school that Andrew was teaching at. Mm-hmm. And she called me one day and said, Melanie, I think I found him. How about that? Really? Yeah. Yes. So she said, can I give him your number? And I said, sure. Yeah, whatever. You know, thinking nothing's going to come of it. <laughs> and um, yeah. So. And this is where the story gets interesting because uh, I just moved in from another city to Cape Town. Yeah. Wasn't looking for anything, and uh, we're just. I'm here for work, and I need to focus, and I need to get my uh, myself familiar with the with the with the city. So I didn't have a car to travel with at the time. So this lady gave me a lift. So every my morning friend, yeah. she told me about her, and you gotta you gotta see her. <laughs> She's amazing. Come on now, and I was saying. Hang on a minute. I gotta focus on other things right now. So how many eventually, times have we said that? <laughs> <laughs> eventually, I caved in, and uh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So did, did, when you finally met each other in person, yeah. mm-hmm. how long did it take before you said there's something here, Andrew? You you Ooh. first. <laughs> um, I think the f- I was I was um, I'm guilty of this. Before I moved into anything, I always do my research. Oh yeah. yes. Um, now be careful. <laughs> God about this. Sitting right here, Andrew. Okay? I forgot about this part. Yes. <laughs> I did not hire IRS. I promise. Or anybody <laughs> like that. <laughs> or FBI agent. Yeah. Anyway. Right. I just did the old Google thing, Facebook <sighs> thing. He and googled and me. Yeah. <laughs> he googled. <laughs> me. And then I, the face got me. Oh. Um, she was the most beautiful person. And, and now. Uh, he gets back in good graces. Really. Yeah. Oh, that was real good graces. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the face made it easy. And as soon as Aww. we sat down, uh, the conversation just flew. And her love for people just got me. Aww. Oh, yeah. She just loves people from a very special place. So Aww, that really got so me. Yeah, sweet. you're not the first person to notice that. So, sh- yeah. <laughs> so, so what about with you? Yeah, um, I, on, ironically, one of my friends called me after that date, the first date. And they said, you know, on scale one to ten, what would you think? And I said, mm, a seven? And they were like, blown up. a seven. Wow, that's great. And I went, oh, oh well, maybe a five. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, no, he was just, he was charming. I mean, look at those muscles. Yeah. YouTube, can YouTube see these muscles? No, no, um, no. Yeah. yeah, so I was just, I was a little bit smitten. Um, but cautious because of our backgrounds and um, not necessarily the race issue, but just our backgrounds. We grew up very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, yeah, took it slow. I'd probably say three months. After three months, I knew. Um, yeah, we, we should do this. Well, you're right. I mean, you know, just being from one country and another country. Exactly. That, mm-hmm. and, yep. and, and, but have you found that to actually be something that has been a, an asset more than a detriment? Uh, the fact that you're learning so many new things from each other? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an asset for me in another country. I mean, I live in his country. Yeah. Um, and so he's my guide. And yeah. he, he shows me the other side um, that I wouldn't necessarily get to see, um, learn things that I wouldn't necessarily get to learn. Yeah. So, so Andrew, would, was there any caution at all about uh, someone from America uh, making her your wife because maybe that the, the, the cultures have been so much differently? 
Mm. I wasn't I wasn't necessarily worried about the differences in countries. Um because for me it was like I was more about the love. Yeah. I found somebody that I want to journey with. Um somebody who understands me and we got somewhere to go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but it does. It yeah. does. Yeah. So you were saying there were things that that that, that were so strong and mm-hmm. and you thought no matter what we have ahead mm-hmm. because of this connection and and how much that you you felt for her mm-hmm. it, it, it would be overcome if and probably yes. I mean you guys have been married how long now? Almost 5 years, five years. not long. Yeah, yeah, almost 5 years. And you have a little boy that's almost 3? Three? 3 yes, years. Yes, yeah. So what is his name? His name is Tay Rumetsui Mohatla. Yeah. So, so See how cool we're that not is. Gonna try, we're not going to try that one. Yeah. Te means I have been seen. Yes. And Rumetsui means I have been sent. sent. Yes. So so spiritually, yeah. how, were y'all on the same page yeah, when that's it what, all started? Was that one of the common threads? You know, that's what I was going to say. On paper, mm-hmm. we look perfect for each other. Yeah. Um, you know, our love for art, um, mm-hmm. our teaching backgrounds, um, even just things that we like to do. We love to be mm-hmm. in nature. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, yeah, I could go on and on. But um, it's our cultural background. Mm-hmm. And that that's what gets it. I think I definitely had more experience inside the church from the staff side than mm-hmm. Andrew did. Um, but we talked about that. And Andrew, I mean, that on one of our dates, he, mm-hmm. he says, you're not looking for a pastor, are you? <laughs> I'm not that kind of guy. But he's like, I mean, he's like that behind the scenes. I'm going to support yeah. you and mm-hmm. the church and I'm going to pack the chairs and I will meet one of with heart. people. Oh, such a servant's heart. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we complimented each other that way as well. Yeah. Well, and to me, that that is a leadership quality that Christ emulated beautifully in those who have it, man. You know, you, it's hard to teach. Well, mm-hmm. here's the thing: we in, in in the church, a lot of times we we get burned by by some of the other gift sets because they're so difficult to handle. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say, and I'm not I'm not trying to overstep here. The 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 people I know within the church that have that that servant's heart that is so much like Christ, you rarely. I can't think of any. I'm just trying to be fair and say I'm, it can't be 100%. Yeah. Mm. But it seems if that part of the faith is correct, you never get burned by them. Yeah. You, you never really see a fall away. You never see a compromising situation. Or, I mean, I'm just thinking about it. I mean, yeah. you know, because you know, we all, so many times we usually see some of the gift sets because there's ego, there's, yep. there's, there's pride, there's yeah. celebrity sometimes that comes with it. And that, and, and that seems to be a harder thing for people to handle. But if yeah. they get this part right, mm. the washing of the feet right, yep. Yep. Uh, and it th- those people are usually are, are really trustworthy. Yeah, and it doesn't get a lot of airtime. <laughs> no, it's, it doesn't. Um, it's very unseen, and even an introvert with that quality, it's like – you know, you only celebrate the loud gifts. And um, I think that's been a struggle for us because Mm. I've got the loud gifts and the loud voice. Um, (laughs) That's a good way to put it, the loud gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's it's also hard because sometimes we need to elevate those that that, um, are serving quietly. Yeah. But you know what? That's another thing that I think is wonderful. They never ask for that, and I don't think they expect Mm -hmm. it or desire it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or need it. Right. But but it doesn't mean we still shouldn't do it. Exactly. Uh, so now let's talk about what you guys actually do. Okay. So the, tell us about what because the you you and I Melanie were talking about this and I learned it when I was there. Of course, Andrew, you've lived it. You know that. Yes. I think sometimes we forget how new some things are to South Africa. Right. Right. I mean, apartheid. I mean, I mean that was 
in the 90s. 94 it, was our democracy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. started long before that. Yeah, um, but I'm talking it, about as far as that it ending. Yes. A democracy, when, when, when we finally you got out from under that rule and became mm-hmm. a democracy, mm-hmm. I mean, 94 is yesterday mm-hmm. in, in world history. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a country that, that I noticed and, and was educated on when I was there that still hasn't seemed to quite figure out who they are. Yeah. Is yes. that accurate? That's accurate. Um, the apartheid started in 1945 on paper, and uh, the police started obviously getting their orders to do what they're supposed to be doing. And Forced removals yeah, and separating and, the yeah, races. Yeah. Yeah. And after 94, everybody was so excited. There was this feeling that you get after the conference, like everything's going to be so great, we're going to yeah. go in. Right. But the, when it came to changing laws, there was a lot of resistance. When it came to, I don't know, sharing the land itself, there was there still is a lot of resistance, and poverty is still stricken because of lack of employment. Um, I can go on all day. <laughs> yeah, when you yeah. think about 1945 to mm-hmm. 1994, and now you're thinking about 1994 to 2022, mm-hmm. right? It, it's, it's not a long time. It's not a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and do you still see that? Is, is, is there been, I mean, certainly there's been some progress, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, th- yeah, we're, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cycles that continue mm-hmm. because of the uh, just hierarchy mm-hmm. um, and opportunities, if you say on paper, yes, everyone is equal, they can, they can make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your starting line is much farther back, You've got a long way to to run. Um, so whether it's uh, you know the same person out for a job, well, one person has a car, one has to take five mm-hmm. five modes of transportation to get to the same job. They're mm-hmm. exhausted when they get there. Sure, they started traveling a lot a lot sooner than than the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, one may have uh, access to a lunch. One may not. Um, one may have to really save, save, save for a proper pair of shoes mm-hmm. um, so that you look presentable for this job. The other has 10 pairs of shoes in their closet. And I wanted to make that point. I don't mean to interrupt you, yeah. but and we talked about this, Bob, if you remember. One of the things that was so, and pardon the use of this word, but it really was, schizophrenic mm-hmm. about South Africa is you're, you're going shanty village here, mm-hmm. yep. turn around, yep. and you see some of the biggest, nicest houses yep. you've ever seen in your yep. life anywhere in the world. Yep. Is that still the case? Has the middle class, has the middle class made any progress? Um, so this is where it gets complicated. Yeah. Now, if you go to Cape Town, you do find the mansion, street, uh, and then you find a shack. Go right. to Johannesburg, more or less the same thing because it's a smaller province. But if you go to other provinces, okay. like Free State, which is in the center of the country, you go from one township, you take a bus, 50K out, then you get to the city. Wow, okay. So that's where the dynamic More separation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, spatial apartheid is still still yes, exists because families still inherit that land. Mm-hmm. So the land issue in South Africa is crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you fix that, though? <laughs> no. that, because yeah. You, yeah. what some people would consider fixing, other people are saying it's just reverse discrimination. Totally. And, and that only breeds racial divide. Right. Yeah. So how do you how do you ever the fix to me is also watering hatred for the next generation. Right, right. How do you how do you solve that? So one of the ways that I've seen recently that um, our government and our society has tried to fix that is um, new distribution of land. So let's say, Rick, your family, because you're white, you get put in this really nice area of town. You get to this beautiful plot and the next person of color gets somewhere way out in the country. 
um, they're trying. Some people are trying to fight for that land that they were removed from. But now your family would be homeless if if you were to give back that land. Yeah, to Bubba's so point. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So um, I have seen recently that about a about a hour and a half drives outside of Cape Town, they're trying to renew some farmland and give those that were displaced new new property um, for a, a cheap price. But here is my my hardship when, about that. Who, who go? Who gets that? The, so, so the those original that were, owners or the recent owners? Who who's who's moving out to the new property? Those that were displaced initially. Yes. Yeah. So the those original, of color. Yeah. Okay. The original yeah. people. But you that still perpetuates spatial apartheid because those that you're giving land to, it's the same race, the same culture, and now you're still dividing. Yeah. You know, the the, yeah. the cultures aren't mixing. Now some people like that. They're like, this is this is my village. This these are my right. people. This is where sure. I want to be. Um, and so it is a multi-layered conversation. Mm-hmm. All right, let's come back and we'll we'll continue with this because I want to talk about what you guys are doing with with your yeah. ministry. Thank uh, you. When we come back on Rick above University, the podcast. All right, so let's talk about uh, pay, uh, using sales service. A lot of times, people say, and you see this all the time. You see companies, and you go, I don't have any choice. I don't like what they stand for. I don't like the things that uh, that they do. Uh, it doesn't line up with my belief system. Wish you had an option, but I don't have. But you do now with your cell service, and that's why we want you to know about Patriot Mobile. Uh, it's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider, and uh, uh, they offer broad nationwide coverage. In fact, they use the same towers as the major carriers, so you get the same great nationwide coverage plus the peace of mind that your money. Uh, is uh, supporting your right to free speech. Uh, So Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and they are 100% U.S.-based customer support team providing exceptional customer service. And uh, if if you think you're compromising your principles but you need sales service, you don't have to. Maybe patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba lines up more with what you believe, and they give you great service. Call them right now, 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba. Get free activation with the offer code rickbubba. And veterans and first responders save even more money if you switch today. So go right now to patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba or call 972-PATRIOT. So back on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, and uh, the, the conversation we're having now is with Melanie and Andrew Mahala. Mahatla. 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 All right, so we've, we've talked about uh, the state of South Africa. Tell us about your ministry and what you guys are trying to do. So um, before I met Andrew, I had been in South Africa about seven years and worked in you know townships all over. Um, I figured out that young adults were leaving the church, and I wanted to know why. Mm-hmm. So the youth ministries were vast and and exciting, but then something happened right after youth. Um, so a friend of mine, a local, she was in seminary. Do you remember Megan? I know you remember Oh, yes, Megan. absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I remember Megan because she had such a thick accent. Yes. We want to pray for the budgets. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, more of, yeah. And I think now, I remember. where was she from? Uh, she was, uh, let's see, I don't know. Sounded what, German. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it was very thick. The Burgesses. Yes. Yeah. And I'll never forget one of your children and Megan sitting in the, the trunk of a car. Yeah. Beating drums to yeah. gather a crowd in for something. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, anyway, I do. fantastic. So Megan was in seminary, and one of her um, her final thesis paper was 
about that. You know, mm-hmm. why are youth leaving the church, young adults leaving the church? And she came up with a solution, a, a, a theory. So we started writing a curriculum around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was her final thesis was the strategy for mentoring. And if one person in a local church that was one step older than you could lead someone else, um, you could you could have a great success. Mm-hmm. We were seeing that um, a lot of youth, their parents didn't finish high school. So the parents didn't know how to encourage them or the next steps to finish high school. Same for the next generation. If they finished high school, that was it. That was great. That was success. But how do you get to the next step? What if you wanted to, uh, to study further? What if you wanted to go into a career? Um, and so really it was about education at first. Um, but then all the spiritual things came alongside that. So our strategy, it's called Grow Ministry. And it's based off of Luke 2.52. Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and mm. favor with God and man. And so that's how Jesus grew on earth. And we want to model that. Um, so we support growth in wisdom, health, and relationships. Um, so every term, our school term is, is in four. We mm-hmm. try to offer our leaders opportunities in that. So Andrew runs um, something similar to the mud run, mm-hmm. you know, it's called Impy in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And so they do like this, this obstacle course and race. So we challenge everybody to, you know, do a couch to 5K or do an Impy run or, you know, work towards health goals. Mm-hmm. We also want you to be learning and educating yourself through in wisdom, whether that's spiritual, educational, whatever. Um, and then in relationships, we want to make sure our interpersonal relationships are great with our family, with our friends, with our community, but also vertically our spiritual relationships. So that's that's the strategy. Um, Um, And our mentors are trained. We've got two pieces of curriculum. We've got a mentor's training. We've also got a workbook that um, uh, mentors would go through with their mentee. It's a year process. Um, And that's that's what we do. Andrew is in charge of the guys. I don't know if you want to talk about some of that. Well, we we know this, Andrew. Now you're going to get me stirred up in here. But you know, (laughs) as as the men go, so goes everything. Yes. And and every time you find mm-hmm. problems like this, you find that the men have left their responsibilities mm-hmm. most of the time because they're not under the authority of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and though women have stepped up and done incredible things, mm-hmm. just as I would say, uh, you know, you can't remove women from society either. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if the men go, there's a gap that's left that only they can feel. Yeah, and men's influence either is bad or good that you can't just turn it off. Yeah, uh, and so it sounds like this is another way for men uh, to mentor other men yes. to 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 change from the top down. Yes, um, one of the things where because I'm also my background is high school teaching. I used to be a high school teacher. So basically, when you're a teacher, you know you kind of like become a pastor, you become a doctor, <laughs> you become all of them. So as I was coming towards the choice where I needed to join her in the ministry and leave my uh, my, my job, which I, I did that very easily. Um, there were some few guys that I realized they relied more on me during the school hours. It's more like a father figure, so to speak. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so when I was leaving towards the ministry and going for, for, for that, and I realized that um, they actually are not going to have anybody. Mm. Right. So as we were talking, because she was mostly uh, guiding the ladies in ministry and all of that, and I said, hang on. There are a few guys that I know that I've been journeying this life with, and I'd like to go back and just go and see how they're doing and then maybe incorporate them with what we're doing and hopefully not solve the problem, but hopefully grow from there. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, of course, the books, like she mentioned, it's spiritual, it's physical, and so on. 
um, we mentor them in all those regards. We find out exactly how where they are with their spiritual life. We incorporate that. We find out where they are with their physical life. We incorporate that, etc. Yeah. yeah. And um, the curriculum that we've developed, mm. uh, it's not nothing in this book says anything about Christ because we want it to be a neutral source where the mentor is the yes. one that brings the spiritual guidance. Yeah, yes. earns the right yes. to do that. Definitely. Um, but schools, nonprofits, um, other than mm-hmm. uh, church-related ministries use this book. I'm really excited about that. Um, we also run an art business. So yes. with our love for art, we have an art business called Grow Creative Solutions, and um, that is our kind of strategy for long-term um, longevity of our ministry. How so, you fund it. Yeah, how you fund yes. it. Yes. Yeah. So the profits of that, let's just say COVID about killed us. Um, <laughs> art is a luxury and, you know, uh, oh, yeah. food and housing was yeah. number one in South Africa. But anyway, Grow Creative Solutions. Um, Andrew is an amazing portrait painter. Um, he, you know what is really popular right now is dogs. Oh, yeah. Dog portraits. Oh, yeah. He's like known for his dog portraits now. Anyway, um, so so that's what he does. And he he mentors alongside. So the studio would be open and, and mm-hmm. guys can come in after school as a safe place to either study or mm-hmm. study under Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so that's part of it. And then um, we use art as a tool to mm-hmm. get into places we wouldn't normally get into. Um, lots of people would love team building mm-hmm. um, or stress relief workshops or learn a new skill. Um, and so through that, then we're able to bring the gospel in lots of places. How is the overall feeling uh, in South Africa toward the gospel? Is it, is it a, a good environment? Is it a, a, a good place that has a lot of opportunities? Is there hostility? How do you, what is the general mood? Good question. Um, so one of the townships that actually Megan was from, Ocean View, um, is oh, known yeah. for how many churches there are. So there are so many splits <laughs> that right. people just start home churches, home churches, home churches. And mm-hmm. so lots of people would say that they're believers, but um, there's a lot of factions and a lot of um, mistrust in some of the, the denominations. Um, there's a very large Muslim population. Um, and so that's that's also a factor. Um, but I think culturally people would say they're Christians. There's a lot of prosperity gospel, a lot mm-hmm. of just mm-hmm. cultural practices um, that wouldn't be, uh, yeah. And you're Bible-believing. familiar with that. I think that totally. is helpful, Bubba, because you come from a place that is, I hate to say it. Similar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah similar. Say it sounds very similar. With yeah. cultural Christianity in the right. Bible Belt is, is the, you know, uh, uh, a pastor recently wrote a book, and we we did it and, and walked through it, called The Unsaved Christian. Mm. And it says, I think in America, one of the biggest unreached people groups our cultural Christians, yeah. you know, but, yeah. but, but that's something you have to be careful with. And it's difficult yep. because they're thinking, I know, I believe everything you say, yep. mm. but then you try to look into the life and say, well, where's the fruit right. of, of, of Christ in your life. And, and that gets into more difficult conversations, which is why we choose wisdom, health and relationships as our focus to get in, to yeah. get in yeah. and, and really evaluate and investigate um, the depth of that. All right, let's come back. Uh, We'll continue and wrap things up uh, with Melanie and Andrew when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. 
All right, so we're back on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, and uh, we've been talking about South Africa. Uh, I do want to be sure we get this in, though, because you've talked about all the things you guys do, yeah. but the children's book. Yes. Uh, so this children's book is What Do You See? A yes. tool for having conversations about uh, uh, with your child about complicated justice issues. And I'm looking through it. I mean, honestly, I see things like, what do you do when someone's begging? Yep. Uh, you know, and, and you know, because all these different approaches of things that, that children need to know yep. that they encounter. And, and so tell us what it hopes. Yeah, share what, one or two yeah. of yeah, what we're hoping to yeah. accomplish here. Yeah. So the backstory of this is um, I just wanted to have conversations with my child to build language skills. So before he even could speak, um, he would be in the back seat in the back uh, in a car seat and I would just be having conversations with him. Hey, what do you see? You know, oh, look at that mountain. Look, God, God made that mountain. Or gosh, look at those flowers. God must be an artist. You know, look how beautiful that is. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, a really good one. Yeah. So one day we were driving and um, a beggar, which is very common in South Africa, came up to our um, window and was in the backseat window side of Tay with a cup. And Tay says, I see a man with a cup. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of shook me to the core, not because the man was standing there, but because I realized my two-year-old is now facing really complicated justice issues. And we need to talk about them now. Not when I feel like they're they're going to understand the depths of the, the matter, but now. Um, so this book may not be anything new to mo- most people, but it's a tool that you can sit with your child and know how to start those conversations. So we cover... Um, Creation care, which is a lot about recycling and, just, you know, God gave us the earth. Um, diversity, homelessness, food insecurity, unemployment, and, of course, in South Africa, spatial apartheid. But I also think that's um, very relevant here, uh, yeah, through division of e- economics and housing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so this is a little book that we just produced. And um, so and when, all your information, you know, we'll make it made available yeah. and we'll let you know so I can get that at y'all's website and Definitely. everything. Definitely. Um, go to our shop and the book is there. We have only about five minutes, and I'm about to ask a question. There's not a five-minute answer. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but maybe you can. There's an, there's an assumption, especially those of us that came from the South, that with you, get, you two being a biracial couple, yeah. okay, that, well, in Africa— Man, everybody's fine with that. It, that that's that's a Southern uh, American problem. When I can see, praise God, that the the South has made huge strides. Right. I mean, I know couples that are biracial. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they never face any issues at all, but it's nothing like it once was. And yeah. and I've, what what about in Africa when you think about apartheid and you think about here you are. Yeah. I mean, you're not just kind of white. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Very fair, <laughs> right. redheaded. Yeah. Yes. And, and of course, the British have been there. And of course, the, the Dutch have been there. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's 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 some negative connotations Definitely. with being white. Definitely. And then, of course, there's negative connotations of being black. Yeah. So, do you think it's has it been difficult being a biracial couple in South Africa? Um, I'd say yes and no. It's probably easier for me than it is for Andrew. Okay. Um. Andrew's experience of where we live, we live in kind of a middle class area. He has security guards still follow him, um, even though he has the key and the alarm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is his home. Um, and so there's always a suspicion and it's it is difficult. Uh, Andrew sees it more than I do as well. Um, I think my perspective of life and even my experience in America is we're all equal. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all equal. And so yeah. I'm going to treat everybody equal, but not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, Andrew gets a little more brunt of it. Are you getting where you don't see these things through the eyes of an American as much now? Oh, yeah, I see it as a South African, definitely. Right. Yeah. And it is a different because we think, well, we think everybody's government set up like ours. Nope. We think we think there's a constitution. We nope. think, you, yeah. yeah, and, and yeah. We, we just walk or we go around the world thinking yeah. that we take our constitution with us everywhere yeah. we go. Right. But but it but, you know, what, what you're saying is there there's no reference back to a constitution that says we don't do this or that says you have this right. Mm. All that's still ongoing. Is that a better word? Trying to develop what kind of country you're going to be. Yeah, uh, what makes South Africa complicated? Because if you come to America, obviously you're going to speak English. Right. It's just a standard. Mm. But we have 11 uh, official languages. That's 11 groups of cultures. Uh, so men being men, we lead in cultures. So as soon as I go and marry a beautiful Melanie from another uh, culture, country, and so on, my culture sees that as a loss. I see. Betrayal, maybe. I see. Yeah. Sell out. Yeah. 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 That's a yeah. that's a heavy word, but it's a true yeah. word. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like like what are you doing? So we get called um, that a lot for different <laughs> topics. Uh, yeah, that, yes. No, no. I mean we, we <laughs> yeah. that you've 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 left your culture mm-hmm. now. You're not yeah. you know, you're compromised yeah. our culture. Yeah. yeah. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. On the reverse, um, my grandparents disowned me. Um they basically said we we don't want to see you we um don't come to our property mm-hmm. and it's been really difficult wow yeah, yeah. so that's severe both, both sides yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I, I didn't know that yeah. i'm sorry that's yeah yeah andrew's yeah. family welcomed me, me with open arms but mm-hmm. i think um on the side correct me if i'm wrong they were like do you know what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> that's fine we love her but do you know what you're doing yeah no, no my family is so good yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're just they, happy with anything that i choose or whatnot they're yeah. very supportive they trust you yeah so just give the website one more time for everybody to find out about your uh, your ministry. Yeah, so um, our art business is growcreativesolutions.com, mm-hmm. and um, we've got some prints as well and some, some things that Andrew does. You can get a commission there, um, a dog portrait if you want, and, uh, yeah, our book. All right, so we'll put that information out there for you. Thanks, guys, for taking time yeah. to be with us. Very kind. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Andrew. Yes. Pleasure to meet you in person. Absolutely. And thanks to all of you that joined us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.